0: Welcome back to the Get More Podcast, where we're going to get you more money, more marketing, more business strategy, more community, and just more of the good stuff that you need in your life every day. All right, y'all, welcome on back. So today, we are still continuing Just Start, and this is going to be kind of a different segment than what we have done because I've got Sue Patterson on here, and she's going to talk to us about Just Starting, but Just Starting with your kids and maybe you don't have kids maybe you're not ready for kids yet or maybe you do and you're like oh these kids are gonna have to go to school what are your options we're gonna give you another option that maybe you haven't thought about or was so conditioned out of your own environment that you've never imagined approaching yourself so I'm super excited for this I know I've got tons of mamas on here with little ones and some older ones so this is gonna be so valuable for you So Sue, if you just want to give us your story, who you are, tell me all the details about how you got here.
1: I'm so happy to be here with you. It's going to be so fun to talk about all this. Um, I'm Sue Patterson, and I run a lot of things on social media um, under the company of Unschooling Mom to Mom with the two between the moms. And um, I have three grown kids. They are 32, 30, and 27. And we took this unconventional path for education. And so what had happened was I was just a regular mom from the suburbs doing my thing, uh, sending the kids to preschool. No idea about what a homeschooling life was. I didn't know. It seemed kind of weird. Why would you do that? <laughs> and, um, and then school just didn't fit. And my kids who had been like so happily learning and just playing and adventures As little kids, then they went to school and they just started to drag. And it was like, oh, this is, I don't like learning. I don't want to do. And I started looking into, well, what are our, what are our alternatives? Ooh, that's hard to say. And um, it was in the nineties. So we didn't have the internet quite as easily as we do now. It was a little more prodigy and (laughs) AOL message boards and things like that. Uh, But we found our way and we found some people that were learning in different ways. And so we started with kind of a traditional way, even though in my mind, I kept thinking, I want something more creative. I want to have fun learning experiences. I want more adventures. I want more flexibility in my life. I want to be able to travel on non-peak hours (laughs) So, you know, I just wanted to be able to enjoy life the way, the way it could be. And it was, school was really cramping and it was having this negative impact. So as I started to discover more, I learned there really are a lot of ways. It really doesn't have to be one size fits all and so we brought my son home from at the end of first grade and started and then my daughter went had gone to kindergarten and we started and then I still had a two-year-old at home but we we just kind of dove in and the the thing that I want to make sure your listeners understand is that even when I started I was like I don't know about this but hey how hard can second grade be (laughs) and so I thought well We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. And um, and then we loved the adventure of it and they really responded well and they were enjoying their life. And, um, and so I guess I have this coaching practice where I want to encourage people that if you're not happy with your situation, you do have alternatives. You don't have to do the school approach if for some reason it's not fitting. And so many people have discovered with COVID, they kind of got to try it out under the, under the, the shield. <laughs> like the silver lining of it kind of gave them a little bit of protection of like, well, nobody's going to notice or not. <laughs> and, um, but it's not quite the same because that's what homeschooling would look like without using your community because you were forced to be at home. Now, the introverts love that. (laughs) The introverts were like, yeah, I don't mind. Nobody's putting pressure on me to go out and do stuff. I don't have kids going in all different directions. And we get to just learn how to be a family. So there was a little silver lining for the introverts. Um, But accessing your community and being part of the world is, is a really key component to having a full rich life. And so it doesn't mean you have to go every single day. So don't worry if you're introverted and you think, "Oh my gosh," um, no, it doesn't. You know, you you with this unschooly approach, which we can talk more about that. But you notice the interests and the preferences of the child, and you move in that direction. And so if you have a kid that really likes to stay home, well, then you stay home. It could be a phase. It could be their personality but you help them see how are they going to navigate the world with the personality they have. And then you start to find learning opportunities that work for them. So I help families do that. That's my coaching practice, but it's a little bit of just starting, right?
0: (laughs) I love that. Yeah. With COVID, so many people have had to kind of dip their toe into that homeschooling and my friends who have kids or like nieces and nephews who have been like doing all that stuff from home, they're finding that they do have so much more time because they're able to just knock out all their schoolwork, watch a couple videos that they had assigned and have so much more free time. Like they've done so many more trips, like just going camping and all these things that they weren't necessarily able to do they got to go just do those things because all of their schooling was already like caught up. So I definitely think that that's a super important aspect of it if people are able to do it. So what does unschooling necessarily look like? Would parents need to be home full time for that? How does that necessarily work if someone is working? Because I know a lot of people... Yeah. Are all for school because they're like we gotta go to work all day. What does that kind of like look like, or how do you help them along that way?
1: Normally, what what it means is that you have to kind of juggle a little bit. If you have a full time work schedule, um, maybe you have a spouse that you can offset it, and you're you know one is with the kids while the other one isn't. How have you offset it during COVID? You've found a way, right? And so I think that sometimes we get these stories in our head of I can't because of whatever. And, um, and 2020 taught us, oh yes, you maybe can. (laughs) And, um, so I think that being flexible about it and there are little tips and techniques of things to do, like where just to, to give an example, like single moms that have kids and they're like, how do I do this? Sometimes it helps to get up a little earlier get some of your stuff done. And then when your kids get up, then you focus on them you give them attention, you kind of get their cup full and then they can, you do, you know, even if it's just play candy land, cause that's what they're dying to do. Then you do that. And then suddenly with full attention, and then they skip off because they're done. They don't need you anymore. <laughs> and then you've got a couple hours of uninterrupted time. And then that wears down. It's about time for lunch. So you take, you just do it in increments instead of like a big giant eight hour stretch. Now, once COVID is over, I know a lot of people that have had what they call mother's helpers, where sometimes they find people within the homeschooling community, maybe they're 12 or 13, they're too young to, to get a job, but they want to pay for their video games, or they want to pay for whatever they want to do. and um, And you can pay them to come hang out with your kid and play make believe or read stories or do you know, just some other things with them for a couple of uninterrupted hours, you're still in the house. So it's not like you have to worry, well, do they really know what to do if there's a crisis? You're there if there's a crisis, but, you, but you've but you got somebody to kind of occupy them a little bit. And so that's an option for, for um, working parents. And then, you know, you just start to look around like you have had to in this past year, Where's my support system? (laughs) What can I do that will help me figure out how to juggle all the plates? And use paper plates. (laughs) Do less dishes. Change your your housekeeping standards a little bit. You know, it's going to be the lived-in look. Don't worry. (laughs) So that's a little bit of help for your working mamas.
0: So how do people get into these kind of communities, these kinds of programming because like, when I was growing up I didn't I guess I wouldn't have known anyone who was homeschooled and I really wasn't until I was an adult that I even knew that was a like real thing that people did mm-hmm. at all right. so how do people even find these resources if they aren't like sure and like they're just getting exposed to it now what right resources are there so
1: over at unschoolingmomtomom.com I have a getting started link And, um, there's a, you know, I have a course, I have all these guides that will help people. You know, maybe your concern is about how are they going to make friends, or maybe your concern is how are they going to learn math? And so I'll kind of walk you through with practical tips and how, how to on, um, on how to make it work used to be that we would just go to a park day and pick each other's brains and try to figure out how to do it. But we've had to move to online so now we have a whole lot of online resources and i have a coaching group that is a community of people on this kind of unconventional path which it's really nice to be able to say all right talk me off the ledge <laughs> this is going on and i need to and the like oh man that was me last month here's what i did <laughs> And so we have coaching calls during the week, you know, I think I have like 10 group coaching calls in the month. So if you can't make all of them, no big deal, but if you can't, you know, you can kind of, all right, I can get this one and that one. And, um, including for parents of teens, we have a couple that are designated just for topics that come up for parents of teens. Cause you know, lots of times people get worried about, all right, isn't it time to buckle down? Because that's one of the things about unschooling is that we really focus a lot on play. We focus a lot on their interests. And, but, and it seems like most of us kind of are fine with that when they're little. And then we start to think, okay, but don't we need to teach them? And what we think is that um, the basics are the basics because they weave through life because they show up in everyday activities and we learn because we really are internally motivated and so your kid might you might say my kid is only internally motivated to play Fortnite. (laughs) and so i mean because you know i know the real scenarios i'm not gonna like um tell you that it's but but the thing is that even in Fortnite, they're learning all kinds of things. They're learning about problem solving and critical thinking skills and how to communicate with other players and what to do when you're frustrated and how to keep trying when it's hard. And you know, all, and sometimes some of the games have all kinds of math concepts and vocabulary building and reading and tech skills that the truth is that's where the world is going. So the more your kids have access to tech, the more likely they will be able to find careers that tech, no big deal. I totally know that. I know how to gamify a workplace. I know how to do all kinds of things that would be really useful. So when you think, well, you can't have a job playing video games. Well, actually you can. (laughs) And so we have to be careful not to put our 20 years ago ideas on kids' you know so 20 years ago we had this world where you couldn't make it you couldn't really have jobs playing video games now you can and 20 years from now when your kids are adults who knows where it's going to go but if you have held on to the past and not really gone with the times then you're really doing them a disadvantage and truthfully school is really stuck in an old model the, the idea of a teacher standing in front of a classroom full of desks, that's how it started and it never changed. And that's not the best, even their educational research says that that's not the best way to learn. It's just that they can't do it any differently or they can't, it takes too much creativity and too much effort. And one to 30, you know, who can, I kind of don't blame them. That's a hard thing to do. There are so many other factors, but you don't have that problem at home. It's just you and your kids and who cares about them more than you, you know? So when, when people think, oh, I have to be like a teacher. No, you have to be more of like a tour guide and a resource finder and a, and a facilitator. And let's, let's dive in. I don't know. Let's find a YouTube video for it. And when you can break free of that, I got to have an expert. It's got to be a linear plan. Mm -mm, it really doesn't there was no linear plan to learn the english language or whatever language they speak to learn their home language they just learned it because they wanted to talk to you they wanted to convey their ideas they learned how to walk because they wanted something across the room faster (laughs) than waiting on you and so it it was it's in our hardwiring to learn even when it's challenging we like a little challenge and then we go towards it And so learning just happens like that. It wasn't until we got pushed into school that made us, oh, we have to wait for the teacher and we have to do this and and it slowed it all down. And then we wonder why are they so unmotivated? Well, (laughs) they weren't unmotivated before they went and, but now they're a little unmotivated because, and a lot of the research points to this, school school's all about external motivations like grades and competition and pr- um teacher approval kind of stuff um, but that's not how we learn best that's not how we move through the world best we move through the world when we're internally motivated when we are doing something because we really want to do it then we'll stay up late we'll do whatever we need to do if we want it um, External motivations. We do as little as we can to get by, to get the gold star or the grade. And so, when you start to peel those things back, you know. I know I've said all this really fast, and you're like, "Whoa!" But when you start to peel it all back, kind of like Shrek, layers, you know, layers, <laughs> layers. And so, um, you, you know, it, you start out and you learn a little, and you learn a little more, and you learn a little more, and. And even me with, with grown kids, how to parent grown children, we're, I'm always learning how much is my advice versus keep your mouth shut. (laughs) And, you know, it's part of that parenting thing that we just have to kind of, there's no formula. You just look at the child in front of you and you see, where do we step next? And that's the way it rolls.
0: I feel like that's going to breed a whole new generation of like driven entrepreneurs because getting into an entrepreneurial mindset after I had spent my entire youth and college life striving for perfection, feeding, yeah, yeah, so trying to shift out of like, just get a job, just get a job, do the thing and realizing like, oh, I could actually do the things that I like to do and that I enjoy to do and that I can make money doing that and I can do that and I've gotten to go back to being so creative after right. yeah years of having it stem because it's like there's only one right answer right. only one thing you can do right and like that seemed completely normal to me until I got into business and then was like I have to rethink everything that I've ever been taught and there's so or many I'm- right
1: answers and so many ways to get to where you want to go And you get to focus on your strengths because that's, you know, in school, we want to do this overview of everything, things you'll never really use because, and where you really could have gone deeper on your strengths and you would have had a happier time because we all kind of like to live in our world of strengths. And when you have just arbitrary things tossed at you so that you can have this, what we all have been told is important, a balanced education balance is a little bit overrated balance over a whole lifetime maybe you know i had a little of this and i had a little of that but um you know say you're just learning how to i don't know a hobby like say you're just learning how to knit and um and somebody says oh but have you read any books oh but but are you bowling (laughs) oh but are you you know whatever other no, we don't. well, you should have a balance in your hobbies. <laughs> no, that just sounds ridiculous, right? And so instead, you think, okay, but kids do need to be able to read and to do math and to understand about the world, it's happening all the time. Have conversations with them about the world, notice. How long does it take to get to grandma's house? Do we have enough gas? Have we, do we have enough money in the bank to pay for the gas? Be on the lookout for the gas station that has the best price. And what does that gas mean? How many gallons are in there? And how long will I use the whole tank to get there or not? And do I have time to get there and get back in time? So there's math, like all day long, there's math. It doesn't have to be on a worksheet the way we learned it. That was I guess that's why we have like a whole nation of math phobic people, because that's not the right way to learn math.
0: (laughs) I'm 31. I've been out of school for a decade. I have Mm -hmm. never once used the quadratic equation
1: ever, ever again. And And how much time was devoted to that? So
0: much. They were like, you're going to use this. I'm like, there's nothing, there's now that we have Google, there's literally nothing I can't Google. Like, oh, I well, need and even I your answer? times Perfect. tables,
1: I have grown kids that probably can't tell you seven times six like that because they say, why do that? I can just 42, do, 42. I have a phone. I carry a calculator with me. I'm never wrong if I use the calculator, yeah. you know? And yeah, so they that, had me when me believe in. yeah, and your teacher said in that- the real world. Yeah, and your, ta- your teacher said, well, you won't have that calculator with you all the time. Oh, yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah, any time,
0: like even in college, I enjoyed I totally enjoyed my chemistry labs, but I remember mm-hmm. in high school, they were, you want to have access to this? Of course we will. We're working with chemicals. Of course you're going to have access to all of the information you right. could ever need to know. Right. Of course that's available. What are you crazy? And there's always a YouTube
1: video about it to walk you through. They didn't maybe know that then, but there is now. And so that idea of learning has to be the teacher with the information who decides to pour it into the top of your head. It's just not even how it works anymore. And it never really worked great like that because we don't learn just, we don't retain things that are arbitrary. We only retain things that are in context or that are um, useful to us. And so that's one of the things about unschooling where the school approach is that you learn, I teach you a ton and someday you may need it. And you cross your fingers and hope you retain it. And, but unschooling says, do the things you like to do. And when you get to a place that you're like, I don't know how, that's the part to learn. And that just keeps happening. And you grow the most individualized pile of knowledge that will be the most useful to you as an adult, as a child, as a teen, it's all useful. And so because it's useful, you retain it. So it's just kind of interesting, right? yeah
0: i i definitely only really retain things that are important or useful and at this point i'm like i'm an adult i can look up what i don't need to know but i'm gonna remember the things that i do and if not i have the capacity to look them up and i guess we didn't have that like yeah i'd look up an encyclopedia like a physical book and that was probably outdated but like now the idea that you don't you can't find the answer He's yeah. like saying you don't know how to use Google. I'm like, it is literally. Available I mean, kids for are
1: using Google. Kids are figuring it out. It doesn't. You don't have to have a full yeah. frontal lobe. <laughs> you
0: don't even have to, to be able. Know. So, in the unschooling approach, since mm-hmm. you're not following like a standardized curriculum, is it more just like it's a year-round thing, or do you have like a
1: summer? break how does you can do it that's the cool thing you can do it however you want that as you as you start to peel back all those kind of school thought layers some seasons are more um you're more inclined to be outside or some seasons you're more inclined to be inside maybe you're reading aloud maybe you're playing with female clay (laughs) you know, whatever, or you're outside and you're camping more. And and when you start to learn more about unschooling, what you discover is learning and life weaves together. And there's really not any separation. You don't really say, well, I'm done with learning at three. And, you know, and then you have a question at four. No, no, I can't learn. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. And so if if you're like, well, all they want to do is this. Well, then lean towards it and see what are they learning while they do that? Because our brains are hardwired to learn. We are naturally curious. And then we just have to, we as the adults have to kind of separate our old way of thinking so that we can see where's the learning. And then, and oh, why well, look at that? There's, there's learning all over that. And then when we realized that when kids can direct their course they learn how to do that we don't learn to make decisions by having other people make them for us we learn to make decisions by making decisions including wrong ones it's not the other world it's just part of it and school really taught us that failure is bad and don't do it and it'll be humiliating and and as a business person. That's a really good lesson to unlearn, <laughs> that failure is part of trying. And it's really about just it's, it's like it, it's the implementation of the scientific method. You have an idea. You think you're going to try it. You do. A piece of it works, a piece of it doesn't. You get rid of the piece that doesn't. You, you keep modifying, modifying, modifying until you get it. And that's how life works. So whether it's learning or kids or parenting or business, it all kind of works like that. And so the more confident we can become, then the more, the happier we're going to be because we're going to be able to move in the direction that we want. And so if we can help our children learn how to do that from an earlier time than waiting for life to start at age 18, um, they're going to just be in a better position. And a happier life and a better relationship with you. <laughs> so there's a lot of pluses.
0: So how do you go about finding things for your kids to do to be like social, like social activities? How do you find groups of people who are kind of necessarily, not necessarily doing this exactly, but like those extracurriculars that way, if they are more extroverted, yeah. stagnant. Then- good job right. kids better than me yeah. so that they could have that socialization and not I don't know how do kids handle like not going to school with like kids who like go to school like seeing them wonder I don't know what that interaction's like yeah I'm super
1: curious. so I think it's an it's a good question because a lot of people worry about that and one of the things I would say is that just because you sit next to somebody desk to desk you know, desk proximity does not equal friendship. <laughs> and you know that because they were your best friend in third grade because they were right next to you. Then you got shifted to a new thing and you never saw that kid again. And <laughs> there went the best friend. And it was really just convenience. So what unschooled kids get to do is meet kids based upon their interests. And so when you have a shared interest, then you actually do have a friendship. You actually do, you know, whether you... You know, there are a lot of little field trip activities that happened in the community with the homeschooling groups and the unschooling groups. And you don't have to only be with unschoolers. You can be with anybody. My kids were in scouts that had kids in school and kids that weren't. And they went on all kinds of trips and they did weekly stuff and they took dance classes and theater classes and 4-H classes. They did all the things. They had plenty of opportunities to... Meet other kids. They had sleepovers during the week because you didn't have to only do it on the weekend. (laughs) So there are way there are conferences. There's virtual conferences right now, but there there are conferences that happen throughout the year. We went to them all over the country. You know, it was a fun thing to do. We would see the same people and hey, how you doing? And then as the kids got older, they would go and and visit or stay or be friends with the kids that they had met on their week or weekend of the conference. So that was kind of fun. Um, But you just, you start to move in the direction of their interests. And the other thing that's really kind of an important thing to peel back is um, we have this idea that everybody, that kids need to be around a ton of kids. And it's really not true. Some kids don't do well with a ton of kids. And some kids, it's a phase that, they're, that they don't want to, they just kind of want to be a homebody. We don't need to tell them they're wrong. We don't need to tell them that that personality trait in them should be changed. You know, and, you know, school really rewards the extroverts, rewards the, the you know, the people that move through social interactions easily. Um, all kids don't and so this gives kids an opportunity to develop at the rate that fits them instead of no no you must <laughs> and so instead they they might be late bloomers let them bloom late it's no big deal let the, their body and their mind is doing something else at the time or maybe they maybe they were just happy with their two friends and that would be just fine and so we have to kind of pull back our own ideas of Oh, well, I was like this, so they should be like that. Mm, maybe not. <laughs> maybe they're their own person and they may approach the world differently. But there's lots of opportunities to, if kids want to make friends, there's a lot of kids in the world <laughs> doing all kinds of things, even to just take a little gym class, you know, or to, um, there's lots of park days, meet at park days with other kids and play. And um. Yeah. There's just so many ways you just think about the interest that they have and how could they, would it be fun to do with other kids and then move in that direction?
0: That's definitely the advice that I gave my friend when she was talking about it. I was like, put her in things that she likes hobbies because exactly that the friends that I made, that I still have, that I made in middle school and high school to this day were friends I made in theater and that was it. Like we right. shared that interest. We loved it. And so through all of these years, we've stayed connected because we have that in common and we developed a lot of other things in common. Right. But right. whoever was in class with me,
1: I don't Who know. Knows? You don't even like, remember their name.
0: <laughs> I like my elementary to middle to high school, there was like a section of us that were literally, there were like 30 of us that did go to school from like five through graduation of high school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we were like never f- like we're not friends in real life like we just saw each other and knew each other because we had been in the same right. class set familiar. Yeah. for yeah. 12 years so mm-hmm. like graduating it was like weird but if i saw any of these people in person like i acknowledged that they existed i would turn around and walk the other way i'd be like nope i'm out of here we're not right. doing this like people who live in my hometown who still see each other regularly I'm like y'all be crazy move out your hometown <laughs> explore the world get out
1: yeah but I mean just to have in you know having a shared interest and maybe some they have developed shared interest there but that doesn't you know it doesn't mean you have to and it we just get this idea. And it's so crazy. Like usually schools divide kids by their last name, you know, like my last name started with a W. So I'm only going to be friends with kids, my exact age that start with a W. (laughs) That's crazy. Would I only hire, um, a person to help me with my business because they're 32 years old? (laughs) No, we would, it has to do with, skills and strengths and interests and personality clicking and all of those kinds of things so why not start with that and not have to overcome it later of like oh I'm stuck with these people why not learn you're not stuck you you can change your world anytime you want so
0: so I think from what I'm I think what I'm understanding from all of this is Like the difference between like the unschooling and even like a homeschooling approach is there's not going to be that rigid kind of curriculum with benchmarks because people have been homeschooled, but with Zoom
1: or switched to it. That's a real school at home kind of thing. They've taken the school and they've put it at home. You know, school's built for a system and you're not a system, you're a family. And when you remember that, then- you can think okay i don't have to but my little artist doesn't want to spend time on the quadratic equation or doesn't really want to do handwriting they want to dictate a story to me so let's go you know tell it to me and then we print it out and you know interestingly because a lot of times people worry about this that you know there's such a difference between handwriting and creative writing and so often people get their bring their creative writing down a few notches because their handwriting can't handle it. (laughs) And so suddenly you would have written about something really elaborate, but now you're writing three word sentences with really short words because you're just trying to check a box and do as little as possible. So you get to move away from all of that and just move towards how would you like, tell me the story. And then that's character development. What was, where was it? Where were they? Was it rainy? Was it, what were they wearing? And you get to develop that. My son who never wrote a book report, never wrote a research paper, never did anything except writing from, he wrote thank you notes to grandma and he did dictate stories to me ended up with a degree in journalism magna cum laude because he didn't have all that baggage of I hate writing I hate writing because that's what was happening suddenly his words his sentences were short and he was crying and he was unhappy and I'm like let's have a ceremonial breaking of the pencils we shall not and and you know and that was the way we moved and then he did fine with it and you know it's Maturity is a thing, (laughs) whether it's physical maturity or emotional maturity, we push these things on them too soon and they're physically not ready to to write or mentally they're too excited or they'd like to do something else or they'd rather just tell it to you. Go with where they are instead of saying, oh, but you must, oh, but you must. There is really no must. There is plenty of time. They They will learn until they die. It's just the way of it. And so you don't have to worry if I've got to make sure he knows this. That's part of that old school competition comparison thing that, that we were like fully indoctrinated into that as you do this more, you can start to kind of let that go.
0: So what is your advice for if one parent is all for this and the other one's like, I don't know, not my thing. Like they did the traditional schooling yeah. route or if they're like how do we even know if this is going to work how like if they're like really unsure because they can't get outside right. that box but one partner's like we well, are gonna do it how does yeah. that we're gonna do it, partner it happens a lot really
1: board? it happens a lot and <laughs> and it's not always the mom that is the the one that takes care of the kid's education or kind of guides the parenting more sometimes the dad has a more free Spirit approach to it and the mom is like <laughs> and I think the thing to always remember is that in your family everybody's vote counts not outside your family not grandma but your your spouse you they deserve to be heard and so sometimes you might read a ton and you' listen to podcasts and you've joined groups and you are into it and they're like <laughs> what <laughs> and so um, you have to either help them understand what was what, what is your why why are you doing this why do you think this is beneficial and then help them see what are they afraid of and when you get to what are they afraid of then you can bring those to me or to the groups or wherever and say okay here's what he's worried about And, you know, maybe I learned so much from being on the high school soccer team and they won't get to have that and they'll never learn about teamwork. No, there's soccer teams. We can get them on a soccer. What do you mean? Our kid hates soccer. Why would we do that? I mean, you can have all kinds of things that you're like, you've gotten caught up in that story and that's not even applicable. And so sometimes people get caught up in the story because spouse situation, because they don't feel heard. You're kind of like um, bulldozing them. And so you have to kind of hold back a little bit. (laughs) You have to kind of listen and, and, and hear them so that you can, how can you help them conquer that fear? Because there's always a way, whether it's like, we need to text dad and say, can't wait for you to get home. Here's this cool thing we made and involve them in, in it and what the more they're involved with the children the more they see well wow, where did he learn to say that how did he learn how to do that that's so cool then the more they get involved then the more they can see the benefits um i have guides you know i was mentioning i have these unschooling guides i have one about what about socialization and what about what about critics and naysayers all those typical questions that for 25 years I've heard. <laughs> so when
0: you started doing this, what was, I guess, how did people react? Were people open to new things or were they like, what are you doing that's crazy? Or were they, yes, this is what we need. What was kind of the start? of your business even just like approaching people about it even talking about it
1: when we first started everyone thought we would lost our minds (laughs) and my huge benefit was that we were a military family and we were moving from san antonio to alaska but it it helped because i nobody was like breathing down my neck (laughs) because there was you know however we would still you still get even looks from grocery store clerks they're like are you in school oh today's the day off and you're like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh or you say or you have like little scripted answers that are like no, we don't do that. Or um, maybe the kids need to go get a drink of water while the grocery clerk can talk to me instead of the kids. <laughs> and um, and so you might run a little interference if you have a lot of flack from people. And and I did. Um, but you know what? What you have to get to the point of is our, being your child's advocate more than anything else. That getting that approval from other people is. Um, not the most important thing and sometimes as a parent when you're when you're new at it you're still I need people to tell me what to do I'm just trying to keep this baby alive (laughs) and and so you still are kind of in a dependent role where you need advisors and you need assistance like that but as you get into it more you're like no I think I got this and it's almost like a, the evolution of the parent, you know, where you just don't quite need so many opinions anymore. And you become more confident in your own opinion. And as you, as you spend time and really kind of observe your child and see what their personality is, you know best. You really do know best. You're the one that's with them. And so when you get more confident like that, then the other people and their comments can kind of roll off your back. It takes a while though. And it even takes a little bit of courage because we're really conditioned for that approval. (laughs) And
0: just starting, you just start something new. And I'm, I'm just imagining if my parents had been good human beings, how much more I probably would have developed because I did a lot of accelerated because the it wasn't necessarily that I wasn't like learning what my class thing. I was just like okay I already got it let's on to yeah. the next on to the next and mm-hmm. so they had to try to find more things for me to read and to study and to write and like that was awesome for me but if I could have only been focusing on what actually mattered to me right of what your like, interests okay, were I, I did that. yeah yeah Instead of just me trying to overachieve and be like, and, and just on another level.
1: accumulate more random facts, you know, <laughs> instead of, you know, let's think about developing this entrepreneurial spirit of yours. And, you know, had that happened, that would have been cool.
0: I did so many book reports about the state of Wyoming. I know so many things about the state of Wyoming. I have never been to Wyoming ever. I have traveled to so many states, but because I did so many book reports on Wyoming,
1: I Why n- did you do book reports on Wyoming?
0: Because they would assign us as states. And I mean uh, to get Wyoming three years in a row. And they were like, well, I guess you'll be good at that. Because you would just draw a state out of a hat.
1: What a waste of time. And I was like, cool. So that Yeah, I was you were happy. You got your go. grade. Yeah, weird. So if
0: you If you could go back and hang out with yourself on the day you turned 18 so when you are a legal adult and obviously have Uh everything together forever Uh because Uh that's what happens when we turn 18
1: right 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 right
0: right what would you say to yourself
1: I would say to be honest I would say that boyfriend has to go (laughs) and I (laughs) would I would say Learn more about stress management. Learn more about how to recognize when your ego is driving the boat, how to, you know, learn more about yourself. Get off the conveyor belt of high school to college. Get off the conveyor belt and just tune into you so that you can figure out what do I really like? Where, What direction do I don't know, but how can I grow my strength and how can I learn how to deal with anxiety and learn how to deal with, you know, what go places, travel, see more places so that you can see that everybody doesn't deal with things the same way. And if if, I guess if I could have done all those things at 18, (laughs) that might've helped a lot, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, to have a firm grasp of stress management at 18.
1: Oh, right, oh. right, right.
0: Nobody oh. had time for that.
1: Nobody had time to teach us how to do that or to teach us how to um, meditate or, or exercise. Back then it was all about exercise to be thin. It wasn't about exercise because you could get some endorphins going or you could um, relax a little bit or it would really help you when you start to feel burned out on something that if you had a little exercise, you can get your, your body moving. And there's just a lot to learn that is not included in a typical 12 year education.
0: I hated exercise. I am, I am so into fitness. Now I lift all the time. I run marathons, but in school, it was literally just like, team things where you get picked last because i'm super short and i'm uncoordinated as all get out and i was scared shitless to Mm -hmm. play a game i hate it i hate games and it's so
1: embarrassing yeah nobody does something that's embarrassing yeah you become your own little self-fulfilling prophecy of failure
0: i can't tell you how many times i broke my ankles to get out of gym class I would just have panic attacks in the locker room and cry hysterically and just like leave and so I hated the sheer concept of exercise until I was in my 20s like I made it through I think in high school I had to take one six-week gym class Mm -hmm. I broke my leg I made myself a cast and (laughs) broke my leg oh wow to get out of doing gym class, I was like oh, I showed up
1: yay, well yay. weren't you a resourceful kid if only we could have tapped into that resourcefulness in another way I'm or, so, or helped just... you see there are other ways what if you had taken a meditation thing or what if you had just learned yoga or you know things that could be more individual and not so team 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 and I think that that's part of the conditioning too because it teaches you to comply, comply, comply and you know do whatever you can to be accepted and and that takes a while to undo that so that you can see I don't need their acceptance. Complying is not really the best choice for me right now and um, it takes a while to undo all of that.
0: Yeah, not needing to be told what to do is a whole game changer in entrepreneurship where you get to decide what you are doing for yourself versus these are your tasks. Like I tell myself to do things, but at the end of the day, I am deciding what I need to do when I need to. Right,
1: right. And And then when you haven't been, you haven't had an opportunity to grow up like that, you're kind of sitting around waiting for somebody to tell you what to do. And I know that my beginning of my business life, I was taking way too many courses, way too many things because I needed someone to tell me what to do. And instead, what I really needed was to save that money and just try, just do a little, see where the, oh, that part I knew this part. I didn't get some help on that part. Not a whole course worth because so many times I would buy a course. I would really, I already have the first two or three modules figured out. I just need their fourth module. And then you're like, that was a lot of money for a fourth module. Yeah, <laughs> You know, we're kind of mere mortals when it comes to marketing. And and it capitalizes on our fears. And so the more you can, um, how can I solve this without buying, a? am I buying a course because I haven't conquered my fear? You know, am I, do I need um, something and I don't really need it. And so I think pausing a little bit <laughs> is yep. helpful.
0: That I, I bought a lot of courses to start. And like the first one was so helpful. I was like, yes. And then after that, I just was getting things. I was like, oh, I think this will help. Oh, I didn't need that. And so anytime, like I'm looking to invest in like a new course yeah. or a new program, yeah. I am, I am talking to that coach. I am getting those program specs because if they can teach me how to do something exceptionally well in this one field, yes, 100%. Right. But
1: if they're going right. to teach me- Oh, I'm not okay, against why, courses, but I'm just thinking how many know what you I need? thought stuff, like someday I'll need a webinar. So I guess I'll get a course on it. Well, I'm not about to make a webinar. So um, uh, I've totally forgotten all of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, trust and, yourself enough to know what you actually need. Like, even if you think you're not very good at something, if you can do it, you
1: know, just see where you need to improve on.
0: And You'll learn like better outside. when
1: you do. You'll learn, you know, that trial and error is great teacher and, and a little bit of error isn't going to hurt you. And so really only that idea of like living in the moment where you can say, I need this now. Okay, then that's a good thing to get. But I need that down the road, no, not so much because the road may change.
0: <laughs> and you will just overwhelm yourself with information. I mean, right. that's certainly what I did. Be like, I need to know everything today. And then and waste
1: a lot of money. I didn't. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then come to find out when I was launching, I was like, I didn't need any, any of this thing that I did. I don't discredit it, but right. because I needed an authority figure to give me permission, right. now I don't. Right. I'm like, I don't, I don't need that. I got I got this. I can figure it out. But when you are just starting something, it's you're going to feel so scared to not trust yourself. And you're going to think that mm-hmm. you can't do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. unless you got to be raised in this more entrepreneurial
1: problem-solving thing well and you just you have, have to kids. kind of break down that fear you know understand everybody has fear nobody got a secret handshake that you didn't get <laughs> you know you i sorry you are um you just have to move in the direction of your fear shine a little light it's kind of like that boogeyman in the closet once you shine a light you see it's just a hanger with a scarf <laughs> and um instead of letting fear run your life
0: absolutely so what are you most looking forward to for this upcoming year we're flying through 2021
1: yeah no here we are almost to the end of April um I am looking forward to the I'm really kind of looking forward to this time that parents who have been homeschooling, COVID schooling, whatever you would call it with their Zoom schooling, um, and they get to choose whether, all right, are we going back to school or are we going to go ahead and try this with full community access, you know, because they had to do this with no community access, which is not that great. And, um, And doing a Zoom call, I have had so many parents that have said that you know, my kid is on Zoom all day, but I have four kids, three kids. And how do I do that? <laughs> and so it's been kind of nightmarish for a lot of people. And they've kind of gotten to see that the emperor has, new, has no clothes. You know, that, that last spring, you know, all, all the time they've been told standardized tests, standardized tests, you got to have this for graduation. If you don't have all these things done, you can't graduate. You won't be competent in the world. And then spring of 2020 came, nah, not really. You don't need it. <laughs> You're like, what? And so we've, we got this idea that maybe we don't need it. And I had a
0: very aggressive reaction to hearing that other people didn't have to take those tests and I shouldn't have. Cause I was like, no, that was what I based my whole life on. That was all I cared about in life. Everything, my whole life was it was all bogus cassie it was all bogus and then they were like just kidding and i was like i knew
1: that they were useless
0: but yes you
1: did you knew and that's what makes so many people that are kind of have this little entrepreneurial rebelliousness in them in your heart of hearts you knew this is not necessary for life i'm just jumping through some hoop to satisfy some authority and and but you had to squash that down You had to like not develop your own integrity about life, you know, and so that you, so yeah, you're mad. You should be mad. We should all be mad that they made people jump through all those hoops when we could have been doing something else. So so all you can do is learn to not do it for your own kids when you have kids. (laughs) But so I'm looking forward to helping families figure out how to do this in the most adventurous, joyful way that can develop their little people in their homes and their relationship between them because it's not going to be this rushed only between four and eight (laughs) that you've got to get homework and dinner and bath and a little bit extracurricular and when are you going to actually talk to your parents and you don't have to do that you can have your whole life and doors will not close and they won't be ruined. They don't miss anything. They got to have a full rich childhood and that's a cool thing. So anybody can, if they're like, okay, I got to talk to her more. I can talk to you.
0: So I, <laughs> I'm guess, happy to- yeah. uh, so I definitely meant to have that be my wrap up question. And that, but then as you were going, like, what it, what is like, is there like a cut off age? Like if a kid's been in school, like they've like made it through elementary school and Mm -hmm. then their parents are like you're not going to middle school like we're not doing this what it like is there like an adjustment period for that like or is there like an ideal age to start um there's
1: really there's really not an ideal age you can start this at age 18. You know, you can start this at 17 and three quarters, whatever. Um, If all of a sudden you decide, I want to prioritize our family. I want to prioritize my kid and their learning. um, Then do it. You can, you are the parent, do it. But sometimes kids that have been really kind of indoctrinated into it, they might resist a little. Um, Oftentimes, oftentimes it's like kids resist, As they're entering middle school or as they're about to enter high school, because they have been filled with these ideas that it's going to be fabulous. Only once they're in there, then they see that was not true. (laughs) There was
0: nothing fabulous about high school. No one there was nothing that no, no good came from nine from that experience. It
1: was no Lizzie McGuire movie. It's only right my daughter actually went to high school for a year and a half after having no traditional education at all and did just fine and discovered that it wasn't like Lizzie McGuire (laughs) like she had been thinking and um and left after a year and a half but um but she needed to see it so she saw it and we did it on our own terms but um I think um I don't think there's any age cutoff. I think that when you have a child that, especially if you have a child that's unhappy, then they'll be thrilled. And then you just, the best way to do it, my best coaching advice is to say, we're gonna, this week, we're gonna try it like this. It's our experiment. And then next Sunday, we'll get back together and we'll see what part of our experiment worked and what part didn't. And that gives you room to, change your mind or try not to put them back in school but to change your mind and how you're figuring this out because it's going to be a process you're not going to get it right initially you're going to pieces you liked pieces you didn't like pieces the kids liked how do we compromise and so no no age is the wrong age everybody can do this I always think that parents have a hard time undoing that schoolish mindset, and always remember that schoolish rhymes with foolish. <laughs> but undo that schoolish mindset, and um, and kids get to learn how to deal with freedom. How do I? do it. I will mess up. I will choose poorly. And then I will modify because that's really great practice to get to do that while your parents are paying for your food and housing you and being your safety net. That's the time to learn so that you don't have to make decisions based upon. I still got a car payment to make, or I still, you know, I can't leave that job because I've got these other requirements. Learn some of those life lessons as, as a young kid or a teenager that has a safety net.
0: I love that. I love that so much because people might have kids all different ages. So I wanted to just like reassure them and I'm going to have all of the resources so that they'll be able to reach out to you, get with you about it and find out some more because if you're already entrepreneur focused as an adult and you want to inspire that for your kids. This Mm -hmm. could be perfect. All of the things- It's just a great match
1: for an entrepreneur, really. It's a great match.
0: All the things that we didn't get taught, you can bring that into them so that they can succeed because the way the world is going, it's going to be more tech driven. It's going to be more creative driven. It's going to be more on your own time, creating your own thing, doing your own thing. Well, you know they started
1: really school helpful. they started school during the during the move towards industrialization so they started school to create factory workers and we have bells that ring that end this do this end this do this top down tells you what to do that is not the way the world works anymore you know or at least most probably at least not the people listening to your podcast yeah. <laughs> you so, really do
0: factory work here or we're trying to get and not that it's not it. not
1: that there's any like slam on that that's fine but if you want more options then yep. you know there are other options
0: exactly and we love options we love opportunities we love trying new things because in life you don't have to get it right the first time right. you just got to start and right. i'm just so thankful that you took the time to hang out with me today oh i loved
1: it so valuable Thanks for having me. I appreciate you.